0: In this episode of the podcast, I'm sitting down with my longtime friend, Mr. Trey Ratcliffe. We're going to talk about his successes in the NFT space. This is Twitter. Hey, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today on the hot seat is... The man behind HDR photography <laughs> and now he's got a new a new acronym that he's going to be talking about Trey Ratcliffe man, how you doing?
1: Ah doing fine. How are you, my friend? I do miss having you here in New Zealand. That was so fun, wasn't it?
0: That was a good time. That was a good time. I miss that. That was a good workshop in you know the the ending cherry on top of that adventure was the chartered helicopter from the glacier that we landed on to the airport because i had to catch a plane so that was that was rock star status nothing
1: but the best for you fred you
0: deserve it. of course of course of course i still have videos of that um but let's 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 talk about the task at hand though we've got we've got You know, I finally managed to pin you down to have this interview. You have been sending me teaser Instagram direct messages about your success and just kind of, hey, look at this. Look at how this NFT thing I'm working on is going. And I'm like, every time I get one, I'm like, holy Hell, what is happening here? So Trey, let's let's set the stage. I set I set this up by saying you kind of you were kind of involved in the HDR space, right? Which back in the day, you did a tutorial and you gave it away for free, and it was amazing, and you know, kind of lit a fire underneath a lot of photographers for getting into HDR. And now you've got a new acronym, NFT, that you're kind of aiming your sights at. Tell us about that. Tell us about what you think of the from a high level. The NFT space is it a fad? Is it going away? Should pe- should people care about it? What do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, I'll just see if I can paint a broad picture. Uh, first of all, I think maybe a lot of your audience already knows me, and no, I don't take myself that seriously at all. And I think actually that's that's the pretty important first step for any artist um, to go into this like blind. Don't, don't take yourself or anything too seriously. You take your craft seriously, but like whatever happens, you don't know. Maybe you'll have success. Maybe you'll fail. just keep trying. I think Winston Churchill said that success is the ability to go from one failure to the next with no loss of enthusiasm. Yeah. So nice. this is what I've been doing just moving from one failure to the next. You only hear about the successes. But yeah, I got interested in NFTs mm, like three years ago. Um, I used to go back in the day, I would give talks like at Google and Facebook and Pinterest and stuff. And I got to make a lot of friends around there. And one of the founders from Pinterest actually came out to New Zealand after the studio three years ago. And he started telling me about NFTs, you know, non-fungible tokens where you can embed art or embed photography inside the blockchain and sell it. And so he sat here on my couch in the studio for like 30 minutes, explaining it to me And I was like, his name is Yash. I said, Yash, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I'm so confused. So I made him sit there and explain to me for a few more hours. I was like, okay, I guess I get it. That's possible. I said, I don't know if people actually spend money on the blockchain, on art. It seems weird. I said, but it's conceivable. And then about nine months ago when it started heating up, I was like, well, maybe this is a thing. Maybe I should get into it. And, um, yeah, so we, we did four different launches, uh, four different drops across three different marketplaces. Um, and each drop lasts maybe a day, two days, three days, but basically in 10 days, it's made about $750,000, which is unbelievable. Uh, we just did our, our fourth drop and now we're on day one and, uh, it's going to Better than all the others, um, but it kind of fits into my milieu of like trying lots of different things, mm-hmm. seeing what works, what doesn't work, um, having incredibly low expectations, which is actually a good key for life. Then you're quite surprised when things things work out well. So
0: let's unpack that a little bit because you kind of rolled over that you know almost a million dollars, you know two hundred fifty thousand short of a million dollars in in a couple of days, a little more than a week, we are able to do this. So, and, and we'll put the link, I'll put the link to your OpenSea page in the, in the notes for this episode so people can go look and look at the numbers, which will probably be higher by the time this thing published. So what is that First of all, let's, let's unpack the drop piece of it. You said we've made a couple of drops. What does that mean? One set of files, one, one file, one image, and what is in that NFT image? Is it just the image or more?
1: Um, yeah, there's, there's a whole new n- nomenclature around, <laughs> around this style of, um, distributing art. Um, and I'm learning a lot as I go and I've been making videos for our, um, we have this section of the website stuck in customs called the stuck in customs passport. Mm-hmm. And so I've already made a few videos. I'll probably make eight more videos where I do deep dives on all this stuff, but I'm happy to talk about, um, all the, all the stuff here too. You can ask me anything, by the way. So a drop a drop is um, mm, it's basically like releasing uh, one or more photos into the wild so that people can buy them. Um, you can drop just one photo. Uh, I think my first one, I dropped two photos on Foundation, and then I dropped maybe six photos on Maker's Place, and then another six on OpenSea, and I just now did a drop of 50 photos. Uh, on OpenSea again is another kind of experiment, mm-hmm. and so basically you upload your photos to these places. You kind of put a price on them. Um, there's more to talk about around that, mm-hmm. and then uh, people can can buy them. Um, and then once they buy them, they own it. Like they own your photo, right? Um, they own the copyright. They can do whatever they want to with it. They can sell it. So you, you as a photographer, you can't take that same photo and then like upload it to another website and sell it again. Cause that's the part about the blockchain is that it's, uh, every photo is totally unique. Uh, it's non-fungible. Fungible means changeable. Um, and that's the difference between like an NFT and maybe a Bitcoin. A Bitcoin is fungible, like a hundred dollar bill, like. If I was holding a hundred dollar bill and you were holding a hundred dollar bill, we could we could exchange, and it's still worth a hundred dollars. Yeah. It's something that's non fungible is non tradable, uh, and totally unique. Um, so that's so how do, it gets so, entered in the dropsh- into the blockchain.
0: Do they get their value? Does a does an NFT get its value when someone bids on it? And until that point of a bid actually being transacted, it's basically just you know kind of sitting in the driveway at the garage sale. Like, uh, how does that value piece work?
1: Right, so there are multiple ways to sell an NFT. Um, I'll go through a few of them. Yeah, the simplest one is just to put a price on it. Let's say the price is one ether. Okay, as of today, one ether is about three thousand three hundred dollars. So you just put it up. Say so this, this is my photo of my my dog with a. Dog biscuit on his nose. It's worth one one ether. Uh, and then so it just sits up there. It'll just sit up there forever for days, for weeks, for minutes. And then someone will buy it uh, for you know one ether, and then it's there. So you get one ether, and then they get your photo. In fact, like the photo actually goes into their wallet. Um, so people use different kinds of, of wallets. And so yeah. basically they train one ether, for your dog photo. You can price it at whatever you want. You can price it, a lot of people price something maybe at like 0.5 ether, which is about $1,600, mm-hmm. or you know, 0.25, which would be $800. Um, you'll have to price it to make sure that you get a little bit higher than your gas fee, which I'll talk about later. So anyway, that's that's uh, one way to sell it, uh, just by putting a fixed price on it. Another may be an auction, All right, Mm -hmm. Uh, where anyone can bid on it. And then you have like a reserve price. Maybe your reserve price is like 10 Ether, which would be $33,000 or something. So people bid on it, but not until it hits Uh, your reserve price does a timer start. And that timer may last 24 hours. It might last three days.
0: And you set Uh, that parameter. You can set how long the timer lasts. Okay.
1: That's right. And even, let's say you're trying to get. 10 ether for your, your picture of a cat with catnip on its nose. Um, then, uh, if you don't get to your 10 ether point and your best bid is like 0. 0.75 ether, you can still take that. Um, so you really have all the power as the seller. Um, a third, a third option for pricing things yep. is you can, you know, uh, uh, you can take a picture um, and make it a really low price, like 0.1 ETH. Um, but you can make like 10 versions of it, so there's gonna be 10 10 of those. So people get either number one, number two, number three, number four. Um, so that's another way because there's a lot of people in the market that can't afford you know half an ether or a full ether, but they can't afford 0.1 ether. So it's good to have lots of options for lots of different parties. Mm-hmm. Another way to sell is something called an open edition, where you can set a, a price that's often lower, let's say 0.5 ETH. And you say, like, I'm going to sell as many as I can for, like, two hours. And then if you end up selling three, then three are minted and put out. If you sell 300, then 300 are made and they're sent out. And you might get, like, number 297 or number 192. Um, but either way, yours is unique and non-fungible. And uh, anyway, those are those are four ways to price.
0: And if none, if none sell during in that last number four example, if none sell during that window, like you said, it for you know forty-eight hours and you sell zero, what happens? Is just gone, or can you resubmit it, or how, how does that work?
1: Yeah, you can always put it up, and you can change the price. Um, you can do anything. You have there's there's no downside really for listing these things, the only downside is you're going to have to pay what's something called a gas fee. Um, and the gas fee goes up and down throughout the day. It's a little bit like, you know, when Uber gets busy, the prices go up. Yeah. So, but it's going to be anywhere from like $20 to like $80. So that's just kind of your downside, the, the the minting part of it.
0: That's your investment for putting the thing on the blockchain, basically. Look at that as your... You're, you're buying a ticket to the party you know and that's what you and the the yeah. pli- the price may fluctuate so looking at this looking at those those methods that you you outlined so one the first one where you just price it and set it up there and that's the price that sounded like Amazon like Amazon FBA because you can sell on Amazon you set the price somebody buys your thing um, the second one auction sounds like eBay where you have a reserve price and the it can go up from the reserve price if the reserve price isn't met then there's no obligation to sell on that one. But the other two split and open edition. So split having multiple, multiple segments and then open edition, having a time-based. I never heard of those. Those are really, those are different, different kinds of models. Which ones did you employ to kind of get you to the level that you're at right now?
1: Well, we've tried them all and um, we've tried every one of them. That's kind of my, that's always been my approach generally to anything artistic or scientific or life is just try a lot of shit and see what works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and even like on this last one, even though we had success, um, I'm like, let's do something totally different. Let's release 50 and do all kinds of random pricing all over the place. Some auctions, some limited editions, some one of one and really vary the pricing. Um, which is something we never tried before, but that worked also. Yeah. Um, some, some stuff we found like setting a price too high. Like we've, I, I put a few like lobsters on the menu, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. that you don't really expect people to buy, but like sometimes by having a high price up there. It makes the other ones seem not so bad. Um, yeah. Uh, Yeah, we've experimented with every... Also, not all marketplaces offer all these different options. Like, for example, Maker's Place allows open editions, which is you can sell X number over a period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not available on Foundation or OpenSea on Foundation, which is a really cool site. uh, They've got pretty good art on there. It's got a clean look. Um, They only allow auctions. So there's no set price. Open C allows everything except open editions, um, but yeah, it's uh, also I I forgot to say this that um, like I'm happy to talk about all my successes and all this stuff and yeah. lessons learned and mistakes made, but I should I should make it like super clear that I think I'm very lucky. Um, I don't know if anything I can do is rec- replicatable to other people. Yeah, um, I don't want to get people's hopes up. Too much, you know, because um, there's there's so many good photographers out there, so many great photographers. I, I do not consider myself to be any better than, like, a whole group of really good photographers out there. Mm-hmm. I think I'm kind of on par with literally thousands of great photographers. All I don't right. think I'm any better or any worse. So, like, probably your photography is good enough, but then it's kind of what you do with it. And if you get lucky... And how you price it, and if you choose to animate it, which seems to work pretty well.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know what the 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 other piece of that is, and thank you for for saying that. Basically, your mileage may vary, right? Uh, yeah. But but the. The other piece, you know, people may, people looking at this will say, yeah, that all sounds great, but I'm not Trey Ratcliffe. I don't have a platform of people that I can snap my fingers and say, go buy my thing. And a good percentage of them will do that. What about those people? Like, what about the people that only have a couple thousand or a hundred or whatever? people following them on social media, they may not have an email list. Are they basically out of the game? Or do you say, would your recommendation to those people be, go build a platform and then launch? You know, what, what do you think?
1: I I wouldn't worry too much about how many followers or, or fans you have. Uh, that does play a certain element with me. But like for this most recent one, which I think it hit most recent one is by far the most successful um, uh, but I didn't even put anything on social media about it um, yet we waited 24 hours I think now it's going up but in the first 24 hours it made um, I don't know four hundred thousand dollars so m- and honestly most of my followers they're they're not interested in nFTs or they're resisting them or they think they're dumb or a fad and or they're completely clueless on even how to make a Bitcoin or Ethereum wallet. You know, get yeah. money into. It's incredibly confusing. Like I consider myself a pretty smart tech guy. You know, my, my background is computer science and math. So I'm pretty techie. And I have trouble figuring this stuff out. I don't know how the muggles figure it out. And yeah. that's honestly like mo- I'm not insulting my, my audience. Is great. They Have all these other great things about them, but right. uh, when it comes to uh, buying power and knowing power, how in, how to get in there and use Ethereum, most of my audience doesn't even know that. So yeah. in a way, most of my audience is useless. But it's the people that are on these platforms that are already very savvy and they already have quite a bit of money in there, and they're just looking for good photography that appeals to them. Um, oh, interesting. I think
0: so it's not necessarily bound to the fact that you have a you have a platform and an email list that's got to help some though right to raise awareness and for those people that are that are in you know that have money on the blockchain or whatever already for them to see something from a known name versus a no name right it has to have some intrinsic value right
1: um, I don't think having a big audience has helped me that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the vast majority of my audience is not into crypto. They're not interested or they think it's dumb. (laughs) And that's fine. I I understand that. Uh, In this last drop, drop number four that we did, which has been the most successful, we didn't even put anything on social media for a whole day. Um, We just kind of put it up on the site and it did real well. Made like a quarter million bucks in the first few hours. And so a lot of these buyers, they haven't heard of me. Some have. Some have. But in a way, it's kind of a way to uh, continue to build uh, my brand. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think it's a good reason for anyone to get out there. Just experiment with it and put out some cool photos. I wouldn't put out your best stuff yet. Maybe save that until you have more buyers. But if you're a photographer, you probably got... Shitloads of photos, you know. I got thousands. I got so many. So I, I think photographers are generally super productive, and you yeah. can find some back catalog stuff is still pretty good, and get it up there. Um, but it's never too late to start building your brand and get out there. A lot of photographers, um, I'm sorry, a lot of uh, NFT buyers out there, they own very little photography. Uh, photography makes up a very small amount of the NFT market. It's mostly uh, like graphic design. Uh, and little animations. There's some good stuff and there's some horrible stuff. But that's, if you look at most, when I go look at my new collectors, I think this new drop, we have 67 new people that have bought. Um, I go look at their collection and it's mostly graphic art. Like mine is the only photography that they own. Hmm. And it doesn't mean it, it, that doesn't mean anything good or it doesn't mean that like, I'm amazing. It just means people are just now starting to get into collecting photography uh, because. NFTs were initially just graphic design. So this is something that's going to be growing quite a bit.
0: Do you think, so with with the, you're looking at your workflow as a photographer, like when we could travel freely, you know, I'd vicariously follow you to China and we're all, you're you're all over the place, as evidenced by your portfolio. But at the end of that journey, so say you you set out on a trip and then you come back and you post-process and it goes... Where? Right. Uh, In the in the past, it may have gone to a gallery or some sort of installation or something like that. Have you are you integrating NFT into that final mile workflow, like everything you make will be an NFT at some point? Or is it just an experiment right now and you're doing a select a select number of images?
1: No, not everything I make will be an NFT. Conceivably, that's possible. But when I look at my Lightroom, I've got like seven hundred and sixty thousand photos um, over the last 13, 14 years, and believe me, most of those are stinkers. But there's some good ones in there. There's a few <laughs> good ones in there. And so this release I just did was uh, 50 beautiful cities around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that would be kind of a fun theme, uh, and it seemed to seem to work out pretty well. So yeah, when you release stuff, you release stuff into collections. Um, and there doesn't—I'm just trying lots of things. My first one was just two. My second one was six. This one was 50. Um, some people release, and these are not photographers, some people release collections with 10,000 things in it. Oh, these geez. are people that like collect avatars or other pieces of generative art. Um, so your drop can have any number of things in it. It's a little labor intensive. Uh, and there's gas fees, the more stuff that you upload.
0: The more expensive um, it is, yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's there's a lot of... And I'll probably continue to experiment. I think the next one I do, I'll try something completely different once again. Yeah. Um and we have had a few failures, uh, but not, we haven't had too many bad stumbles. We're like, oh, that was an idiotic mistake. Because like I said, there's there's no downside.
0: Well you've you've gotta have some data on what works best in terms of content. So you know, I lo- looking through your just looking through your OpenSea account, I noticed there's a lot of cinematograph, plotograph type shots in there. Is that is that kind of where it's at when it comes to photography as an NFT or can it just be a straight, a straight, flat, two dimensional, non animated photograph?
1: Well, here's here's an interesting philosophical philosophical con- comment on where we are with NFTs and the zeitgeist of the times. So, you know, like in the Impressionist time, the general public hated the Impressionist, but there were a few collectors that were like, this is quite interesting. And they were able to get stuff. And, uh, they saw something was coming or surrealism or pointillism. It's just like a, a time when people had a certain style of art that got very, very popular. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't matter if you bury your head in the sand and say NFTs are stupid you know, and they're like all judgy like that. Yeah. Well, in a way, you're kind of being the same kind of person that people were when the Impressionists were around or surrealism came out. Like Salvador Dali, stupid. Why does he have a <laughs> clock melting off of a, a dresser? That's <laughs> right. stupid. Who would want that? It's ugly. It's not like a good cowboy and Indian painting or whatever. You know, so there are people out there. And I understand it, but it's a very common reaction. Well, the current zeitgeist of art is NFTs. There are billions of dollars that are going into this stuff. Um, And not all these people are stupid. They actually like what they see. And the early segment of NFTs and this whole area is moving very quickly was mostly graphic design, like kind of colorful art, almost like clip art in a way. And oftentimes it was animated, right? So that they could have a collection. They could open up their collection on their website and they could see all these nice little images they've collected right it's kind of like pokemon or something Mm -hmm. honestly nfts are like collecting pokemon cards or nft or magic the gathering they're just rare collectibles right so um now that's a long way of saying that i have started to animate a lot of my photos um which in a way like i i would look back i've thought because i've been animating photos for a while Mm -hmm. and i've always thought this is pretty cheesy Right. This looks dumb in a way. It's real kitsch. Uh like Trendy. this is not a yeah. photo. This is just like something a child would do, you know. Because but I've always been quite liberal in what is a photo, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, when I came along and started doing my HDR stuff, you were like, You're not a photographer, you're not supposed to post process. And I was like, Who cares? You're just making art. It doesn't really <laughs> yeah. matter. And then so then I thought, oh well does a photo actually have to be still? Or can it be moving a little bit? Can it be something between an MP for like a whole movie and a photo? Is there some middle ground that's interesting? So I started playing with that. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool. It's a little cheesy. But I'll tell you what, they love it in the NFT world. They, they love having a moving photo. Fo- like if you do a, a still one compared to a, a moving one, they'll pay more for the moving one. And yeah, it's silly, but it is the zeitgeist of the times. And that's something important to really understand and grok.
0: Yeah, and I, I agree with that 100% because I've been saying for a while that, you know, yeah, there's there's creating, there's nothing like creating a tactile physical print of something that, and put it on the frame and it just has, it's like a, you know, a black dress hanging on the wall. It's just timeless, right? But, you know, there's also the, the data to consider of how many screens there are and how many people have their faces buried in their devices all day. And if that's where your audience is and, Presumably attached to those screens are computers that can handle audio and video. So why are we as image makers restricting ourselves to a static two-dimensional frame when you could be telling stories with so much more? And that's, that's kind of, I think that's bearing out in what you're saying with the people gravitating towards motion
1: images versus static, because why not, right? Yeah, pe- people really tend to like it. And you got to go where people's eyeballs are. And yep. they're on their phones and computers. Yeah. And soon they'll have, they um, already have a few, but they'll become more popular. Um, NFT frames that people put in their house, multiple sizes, they'll be cheap mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. And so people's collections will be able to cycle through. Um, and this is kind of a fun thing. Uh, it's another medium for art. Uh, I i have tried a few things. I tried, I did so these are all smart contracts that you put into Ethereum and you can you can promise the buyer whatever you want to like well obviously you should deliver on your promise yeah. but like so you get to you get to make your own rules and, and so, so, I want like, to talk order, about that right.
0: so so that the smart con- the idea of the smart contract that was literally on my list to talk to you about and how that plays in and the the way that I see it and tell me if I'm on track here the way that I see it is you you sell me I buy you know for ten ethereum one of your your artworks right and the smart contract that goes along with it might say it's going to look like this today but on new year's eve 2022 or the end of the year 2021 it's going to shift to something entirely different or vanish entirely or whatever so i have i can instead of just telling selling somebody something and having them sign a contract and now they own it at this particular state in time you're selling them ownership of something that can morph and evolve based on any number of parameters
1: over time is that is that close that's right that's one of many things you could do with a smart contract is the nft can evolve or devolve over time which is kind of fun that's a little or, more complex because that requires a little bit of server side um activity okay. um but you yeah there are some there are a few nfts out there that do change over time um i was my my smart contracts are a little bit more simple. You kind of put anything you want to in the description, and that description gets tokenized in the blockchain. So this is your kind of promise to the owner. So for one of them, for example, I it went for kind of a lot. And I said, "You, the first buyer of this, right? because it can be resold, which is another mm-hmm. thing to talk about with the royalties and stuff. But the first buyer of this particular photo from New Zealand they not only get the NFT, but they get the actual print also. We will mail mm-hmm. you the print. Um, those, we get them printed in Dusseldorf, so they're pretty expensive they and cost like $20,000 just to fabricate the print. So we want to make sure we made the NFT more. Mm-hmm. Um, but that actually helped this one guy buy it, because he's always wanted one of my prints. So now he has the digital version and the real version. Um, there's another uh, famous artist named Damien Hurst, who may be Um, some of your audience has heard of he's a modern artist very very popular he's the guy that did the the 16 million dollar stuffed shark and formaldehyde very modern contemporary artist Um, but anyway so he just ventured into the nft world and i think he released ten thousand, maybe a thousand maybe about a thousand small paintings about a little piece of paper like that and they're just like dots He just just dots it's very it's very modern yeah. and so i think he opened up um, a lottery which is funny you can do so many different kinds of things with these things so he opened up a lottery because he knew that more than a thousand people would want it and i think he had like thirty thousand people apply and they all committed to spend two thousand dollars if they got in and so they a thousand people got in and so there were a thousand NFTs, right? So they all paid two thousand dollars. I don't know, maybe it's two million dollars. That's
0: two million, yeah.
1: Yeah, and they had the option, and this is in the smart contract, that they can get the actual Damien Hirst painting, this little picture, sent to their home, and they can put it on their wall and say oh, is it was a Damien Hirst, or Damien Hirst will destroy it, and they can keep the NFT.
0: Oh my goodness. See, that, that, yeah. goes to, that goes to value and kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier and how, where is value? Where, where, when does an NFT get its value? Like if you go out and it, it, where I'm getting at is if you go out or you create an NFT and you say it's worth one Ethereum, but no one's bought it yet, but you put it up there, you put it on OpenSea or or uh, which one? Maker's Pay, Maker's, was it Maker's Make Price? It Maker's place. Yeah. I can't read my own handwriting. Maker's place. You put it up there and you say it's worth it's one Ethereum. Does that automatically mean that you are one Ethereum richer as soon as you pay those gas fees? Like, is it can you can I just become a millionaire if I just create a million dollars worth of NFTs and price them at a million you know, the equivalent of a million dollars in Ethereum or whatever currency or, or does no. or does a transaction have to occur in order for that value to be kind of locked into that piece?
1: Yeah, no, someone has to someone has to pay you for it. And then okay. that's when it gets its value just by you putting it up. Man, But it's a wild world out there, for example. Oh, man, there's so many interesting twists and turns in the NFT and crypto world. Yeah. So check this out. What you can do, like, let's say Fred, that you owned one of my NFTs, like, yep. it's worth I don't know fifty thousand dollars. Okay, and just it's just sitting there in your OpenSea wallet because you maybe you, you bought it and then you sold it and then you use that money to buy another one or whatever. Either way, you've got something that's worth fifty thousand dollars. So you can take that NFT and you can upload it to this other site, a DeFi site, which is decentralized finance. And then you can use that NFT for collateral for a loan, and you get out up to 80% of the value of the NFT. So let's just say you own a $50,000 NFT. You can just get a free loan for $40,000 and just spend that money however you want and just leave that NFT in the bank. So it's a way for people to kind of like just bank and have collateral and have all this extra stuff and then just get free money out while their NFT just sits in the bank as collateral.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. There's so much to learn. That's why we have to do this. We got We have to do more of these where we <laughs> dive into this because it's it's exciting and terrifying at the same time of, of all the stuff that's possible. You know, one thing what, you know, you, I, as a person that talks to people all the time about NFTs and different emerging technologies, et cetera, um, and this has come up inside of the Twip Pro community as well, the concern about the environmental impact of NFTs, and I don't know much about it, but I understand, some of the metrics I saw were to mint one NFT or I forget what the exact metric was, but to mint one was equivalent to running a refrigerator for some strange amount of time or something like that. And then someone else, someone countered that uh, in another forum saying, yeah, but also if you play a video game for an hour, it's the same thing. What do you think? Where do you weigh in on that? The environmental impact of it—is it something that photographers should take into account when making the decision to dive in NFT?
1: Now, don't worry about any of that stuff. Here's a few reasons. I'm a very logical, rational person. Okay, there's many ways to skin this cat. For one, if you're going to make a traditional print, it's big. You're going to have it printed at you know some place in Germany and. Uh, well, they've got to have all the got get all the raw materials. They have to mine all the aluminum or glass or whatever the fuck, and then they have to print it with all these inks. And there's people that have to drive to work, and <laughs> they have to air condition the whole place, and then they have to put it in a crate, and they have to ship it, and it's like put it on a boat or a plane. And I, what do you think the environmental impact of a regular piece of art is? Right, mm-hmm. everything yeah. has some kind of environmental uh, impact. Secondly. Um, the blockchain network, and there's, there's some of the smartest fucking geniuses in the world that are putting together uh, all these blockchains, they want to make it as efficient as possible. These guys just don't want to rape the earth and just take all of its, uh, you know, all its treasures for themselves. So this stuff will get more efficient over time, right? It's just electrons. And humans are getting better and better at creating electrons in innovative ways. Um, secondly, Ethereum, which all this is based on, it's, it is going to be forking or, or evolving, uh, around Christmas, um, so that it's cheaper to make Ethereum, uh, gas fees will come way down, environmental impact will be less, and that will help Ethereum shoot up more. Like, there, I think just like three weeks ago, there was a little fork in the code that was called the London Fork and then Ethereum shot up like $300 or $400. Wow. But as Ethereum becomes more efficient, I think the big change for Ethereum 2 is going to be December or January. It I think it will go up. Some people say it will double. I'm not sure if it will or not. But anyway, the point is that humans get more and more efficient at creating electrons over time. And just like have faith in humanity to do it because um, the all some of the most wealthy tech people in the world are involved with this stuff and they don't want to live on a planet that's destroyed. There's some kind of dystopian post-apocalyptic world.
0: Mad Max. Um, yeah. but
1: right. They're all, everyone's, uh, everyone's aligned in the right direction. And I'm mean, who knows, make it fusion power soon. They've got like 98% of the way to fusion the other day. um, and electricity is just going to get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, just as it always does. And we'll have pretty much free power. And you look at things like Tesla is doing, and like so much of the human race is obsessed with creating electrons and sharing electrons in a cheaper, more efficient way. And eventually power will be ultimately basically free, like water.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. See, that's why I love talking to you. Because you always have a, you know, a kind of a a free spirit slash optimistic look at where things can go and where they want to go, you know, with with a healthy dose of realism. And, you know, (laughs) just kind of throw it in there. Like, remember, like, way back in the day, when you switched from, What did you switch from? You switched from... Canon to Sony or something and you're like I'm going to Sony because of this or or away from it But you were very transparent about it. I remember that. So yeah, I, yeah. I pre- appreciate the candor um, You know when we when, when people Listen to and or watch this interview one of the things that are gonna that's gonna bob, bubble up to the top of the brain is okay. All right. I get it. It's important I need to learn more about that how to but how Right. Is there a NFT for dummies book floating out there somewhere <laughs> or have you put together a resource that people can go and kind of get their feet in from a, you know, a non-technical bits and bytes standpoint, but also not a this is how you turn your computer on standpoint? What, what do you think? Yeah,
1: Yeah, I, well, over on the blog at Stuck in Customs, we have this passport members only area and I've been making NFT videos already. I Usually usually what I do is I make how-to videos. Like I open up Aurora HDR Photoshop, and I work on a photo, and kind of talk through it, and kind of do that kind of usual how-to stuff. But I've been pretty NFT-heavy lately because people seem super interested in it. So, yeah, I'm going to make uh, a few videos over the next few months because this is going to be the hot time where we figure everything out. Um, and then we'll package those up into uh, just a, a nice, tight little tutorial. And, uh, if you want me to, I give it, I give you the big zip file. You can, you can sell it in your store if you want.
0: We will put, we will take that file and, and, uh, put it in Twit pro. So stay tuned for cool. when that's going to go out. You and I will, you and I will figure out the logistics of all that, but that that's crazy, man. There's, it's so exciting for all this. And when I, when I look at these, these services or directories or what, it, what are they called? Like foundation, um, you know marketplaces, marketplace they're just marketplaces yeah. so when yeah, i look I at right. a when i look at a page like yours like one of the the your um beautiful cities of the world collection is mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of feels a little bit like a like a social media presence where i'm going to go there and i'm going to follow you and you make a release and i'm going to hear about it and all that. is that a good analog for 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 what they're doing here or is it more like a just a gallery or something. What do you think?
1: Man, it's, it's confusing. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of marketplaces. There's at least 100. Um, I'd say there's five top ones. I, would, I think OpenSea is the number one place. Um, they just raised $100 million in wow. private funding. Jeez, There's okay. so much uh, venture capital and angel money going into nfts and the blockchain it's ridiculous how much money's flying in because it's all it's all trending in this direction and for people to think nfts are a flash in the pan they might be but it's going to be a three or four year flash in the pan right because so many people believe in it uh, like for example I, I would say like a quarter to a third of the people that buy my stuff they've already resold it for a profit sometimes doubling or quadrupling their money Um, And sometimes people will buy two things and they'll sell one and double their money so they basically get the one they want to collect for free. I do that when I collect. So anyway, there's so much money pouring into these marketplaces. Um, Maker's Place just raised $30 million, so they're pretty good. Uh, Foundation is another site that's one of the top ones. It's a very clean design. Um, They all have different things. Like, for example, uh, Foundation, they only accept Ethereum when you hmm. use your MetaMask wallet. So people that don't can't figure out how to get Ethereum, which is most people, by the way, and it's nothing against them because it's incredibly confusing. Well, they just, they can't buy my stuff. But if you compare it to someone like Maker's Place, they can use Ethereum or they can use their credit card. Oh, and interesting. so when we did, yeah, so when we did our sale on Maker's Place, we looked at the breakdown and pretty much 50% of our sales came from people that use credit cards. Um, So that's another good reason to use that one. OpenSea does not take credit cards. They just take Ethereum or they take a few other kinds of of crypto, too. Um, So every marketplace is a little bit different. They all have different rules, totally different presentations. Like, for example, I love OpenSea, but I find the presentation to be quite confusing. Like, I can't figure out how much stuff costs from that main – because it has all these little squares, right, Yeah. 50 cities. You look at it, and there's, like, numbers on top of, like, last offer, price. Like, top bid. There's extra. highest
0: sale. There's
1: hearts. There's
0: a bunch of stuff on there.
1: Yeah, it's totally confusing. And then when you, when you click on one and go into it, right, to really examine it, then things will either get more clear or more confusing. Because there may be multiple versions of that one. And so you're going to see when they're listed, um, everything's in the blockchain. So it's all public. There's no private sale. So you can see like when I create one and I mint one and I sell one to someone, you can see when they buy it and they sell it to someone else for a different price. So you see the price start to escalate over time. So it's, I mean, I know all this stuff sounds super daunting to the uninitiated and like the learning curve seems just um impossible. But if you if you dedicate um you know just try to dedicate an hour a day to educate yourself. And remember during that hour, you may spend ninety five percent of that hour completely confused. You'll be hearing new terms that you never heard of, like DAOs and DeFi and all this stuff. You're like, I don't even understand these words coming into my sensorium. <laughs> but over time Uh, you just through osmosis you will start to figure it out and you can mint a few nfts of your own or maybe buy one or two and and who cares if you lose a couple hundred dollars you're going to learn a lot i mean that's like paying for some lessons yeah um so just try to do a little bit every day look at the different marketplaces um i'm just sticking with these three for now um but i actually would like to try some other ones but it's, it's just it's so confusing there's only so much time in the day, and I'm just off pulling my hair out at the end of the day, like I don't even know what's going on in the crypto world. I need a, I need a crypto break, and I feel like a crypto it's fun. Pub. It's a fun. i sitting around eating pizza, drinking beer, and playing with NFTs. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I got to you know, get in the real world. You
0: know that causes blindness. You know, so be
1: careful. <laughs> oh, does it? Oh, okay. That explains a lot.
0: Hey, uh, okay. So here's a chicken or the egg question. So. Yeah. Do I get a wallet first and then go sign up for one of these marketplaces or do I get on the marketplace and then go get a wallet or do they happen together? How, do, how does that piece go?
1: Right. Okay. Well, the, uh, the wallet to get is MetaMask. Okay. okay. So that's a little Chrome plugin, probably one for Firefox too. And it's like a little drop down that sits up there, you know, kind of like your ad blocker. Mm-hmm. And that holds your money. Okay. So, uh, pretty much all of them use MetaMask. So, that's the best one. The other thing you'll probably want to do is get a Coinbase account. Coinbase is a U.S. company. That will take a little while, four or five days, because you have to send in a picture of your passport and all this stuff for like international money laundering stuff. Yeah. Um, you're, I wouldn't. Taxes can be incredibly confusing with crypto. I wouldn't worry about that until just go ahead if you, if you end up with a lot of crypto, it's a good problem. You yeah. address that problem <laughs> later on. Don't worry about all the tax bullshit. Okay? Yeah. Well, actually yeah. worry about it, but not until you have some because right. it's really difficult to figure out. and most most accountants have no idea.
0: Oh Sorry. yeah, that's another thing yeah, yeah.
1: because like when is it considered income? Is it considered income when you sell it, or is it considered income when you actually send the money to your U.S. bank account? And there's all these actually amazing vehicles out there in the DeFi world. There's this one called Lido. No, not Lido is cool. That allows you to invest your Ethereum uh, and stake it in Ethereum, too. So you get the rising price of Ethereum plus 5.5% because you staked it. But a a better thing, even if you want to get money out, is something called Aave, A-A-V-E. And you can, for example, okay, like, let's let's say you have, I don't know, $100,000 in yeah. crypto. Okay. And you're like, I need a car. My old pickup truck doesn't cut anymore. Maybe I'll get like a Tesla or something. I don't mm-hmm. don't, it doesn't matter. You just want to buy something. Well, if you get the $100,000 out into your bank account, that's considered... Income that you're taxed on it. Mm-hmm. However, if you put that hundred thousand crypto into Aave, you can get out a loan of up to eighty percent of what you put in. So you get out an eighty thousand dollar loan and buy the car, and that's basically tax-free money. And you just pay wow. the money back slowly. What's over it time. called?
0: Aave. What is it? What's it Aave. called?
1: Aave. A A V E.
0: A A V E. All right, three. I have three notes to do uh, tonight. MetaMask, start a Coinbase uh, account, and Ave. is the third Aave. thing. Holy crap, man! Look at all this stuff. Look at all this stuff. We got we got to dive in more. <laughs> I got, I have a page of crap I want to ask you, but it's we're meandering. I'm I'm trying not to meander because it's so this is so exciting to me. You know, it's just everything from the the idea of of you know, adding like you're doing on, on your work here, adding motion to still photographs, you know, to, to further tell that story in that environment, and then taking that piece and just even your flow of kind of doing the SpaceX test launch thing and just trying and sending different versions out there to see what sticks and then something sticks and you do more of that. So that the whole thing in that whole industry, the old NFT and crypto industry is exciting. But like i said also terrifying but to make it not terrifying you just got to dive into a pool all right
1: it definitely takes that elon musk attitude i was listening to him talk about maybe you heard the same interview spacex like it's a huge launch and then like it blew up on the launch pad or something and then like the reporterette said were you were you sad when the rocket blew up and he's like no we expect every rocket to blow up because we're surprised when they work <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. So the, the, what was it? Uh, r- r- unscheduled rapid disassembly is what they call it. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, and that's, that's a really good point too. Cause it, uh, I think you, you do this a lot in your life, you know, from, I've known you forever. Right. So from, and looking from the sidelines, you experiment try something and then on some of the some of the things you succeed on and then when people see that success they're like oh trey he's just so lucky you know look at that <laughs> right and then you rinse and you repeat and you keep you keep going everything from workshops to you know working with with high-end hotel chains to a high-end foot camera brands and now NFTs. so yeah so what, what keeps you excited man what keeps you like sort of in this experimental state of mind. It's not like you need to, you're not hurting for money or anything. So what, what keeps you curious?
1: Oh, I think it's important to keep your brain plastic and always try new things. Um, I, um, I've got two things that continue to stimulate me beyond learning new weird tech stuff like blockchain and crypto which is just interesting intellectually and, um, you know, actively, yeah. um, I would say the two things that I've do most over probably the last 10, 15 years is that I experiment with lots of different, um, psychedelics. Um, and that's really opened my mind and opened my heart. Everything from ayahuasca ceremonies to the crystallized poison of the Sonoran desert toad to the form of five MEO DMT, Jeez. Uh, Working with many shamans, lots of traveling, lots of self-exploration, opening my heart, being more vulnerable, not taking myself seriously. Like, I've seen so much, like, love and beauty in the universe. I'm like, wow, this is a fucking awesome place. And I can't believe I was closed off to all this before. And so I think that has actually been a huge part of my journey. It's made me more fearless. Uh, It's made me more loving. I'm sure it's made me more creative. It's made me take more risks. Um it's uh, brought like new kinds of people into my world that inspire me in different ways. like I don't spend I don't hang out with nothing wrong with photographers, but I tend to hang out with like uh, I don't know musicians and yogis and hippies and poets and scientists, all kinds of weird people that inspire me in, in interesting ways. So that's that kind of stimulation I think has led to me trying all kinds of different things artistically like NFTs. The other thing that I've been spending a lot of time on, I still take photos all the time. That's still kind of my my main thing. Not that that's easy or anything, but yeah. I kind of know what I'm doing. You know, I know yeah. how, I know the difference in a good photo to bad photo. I'm real quick in Photoshop and Aurora. Yeah, it's not that that's boring to me. I still like that. it's still my bread and butter. But it's not as challenging to me anymore. Um, so, I think because of my LSD psychedelic mushroom trips, I've seen so many beautiful fractals that I have started another company called Machine Elf, And um, I make these, uh, if I may be so bold, I make these beautiful animations that are made out of mathematical fractals. Um, They're colorful, they change over time. Some are 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. They're like visual meditations. Nice. Um, and I've made about 30 or 40 of those. And it's a little company we built here in New Zealand. We're, um, we're about to build an app, uh, for iOS, but really we're building them for, um, VR because Apple will release their VR kit at some point, And it's going to be fucking awesome. And everyone's going to like it. And I like, I'm a big meditator and I, we're building this as like a visual and audio meditation because you're surrounded by these beautiful fractals that are unfolding. And sometimes there's meditation music, or sometimes you hear like a Muji meditating or taking you through a guided thing. Um, Meditation is a huge space. I think, what is it? um, Headspace and calm. Each Mm -hmm. one of those has like a $4 billion valuation. Yeah. Um, But those are just audio. But so I think visual meditations will be quite cool because I mean, all of this This is very woo-woo, very hippie-ish, but I, I do believe that like, bringing consciousness and mindfulness to the world is awesome. Like, That's what we need. We need more mindfulness, more consciousness, more, more love and all that kind of stuff. It sounds so woo-woo, I know. But I think you can do that through beauty and through art. I think art can save the world. So I try all these different things that I think are fascinating. Um, and then maybe... Uh, you know maybe they 'll have a certain ring to someone that that really enjoys them, but people seem to love them so far
0: I love that you know what the, what i'm i 'm really the, all of that is is interesting to me from the from the psilocybin all the way down all the way down to v r you know and where they intersect in between but when you when you look at the the importance of v r like apple 's rumored glasses that are coming, do you see a direct like Lined from crypto and NFT type experiences into the virtual or augmented VR world, even? Like, are we gonna, am I gonna be able to buy uh, a, a Trey Ratcliffe piece and hang it on my wall virtually? So whenever I look at that XY coordinate, I see your art on the wall in, v- in augmented VR? What do you think? Uh,
1: yeah, for sure. I think, well, we've always been talking about the, the metaverse forever, yeah. ever since yep. Second Life.
0: Yeah, but Neil Stevenson. The real snow meta-
1: crash. Yeah, the snow crash. That's yeah. right. The real metaverse will be built in the blockchain. It already is, and um, gaming is going to be huge in the metaverse or in blockchain. It's already getting there because basically you're buying in-game items as NFTs, and mm-hmm. a lot. If you own an NFT, there's going to be many metaverses, and you'll be able to move these NFTs between any metaverse you want to. So, like for example, if you buy one of my piece, like my Burning Man animated pieces, you may have like this really cool uh, virtual reality like apartment in this seven hundred story tower, you know, overlooking New York City, and like the whole floor is yours, <coughs> and you get to display your NFTs in there. So you might put up my picture or someone else's picture. Someone else might make this really cool sculpture that's like this water garden type thing, you put that there. And then you also, so that might be like your little home, your little virtual hangout where you and your friends hang out and drink wine or whatever. Or then you may jump into another metaverse game, which is also in the blockchain, where you're you're out adventuring with your friends um, and you use different kind of NFTs there, maybe like swords or some special outfit or something. So different NFTs will have different use cases inside different metaverses, um, and it will all be quite fluid. And uh, you'll be jumping around from place to place. Some stuff will be solo adventures, some will be just hanging out, some will be skill-based games. Um, But yeah, people are look all the smartest people right now um, that are some of the best programmers. They're all in crypto. They all see this stuff is coming. Uh, and The worlds of DeFi, DAO, metaverses, and NFTs will all merge into one. It's early days but this yeah. is web 3.0 ah, I
0: love it I love it if, if people want to people want to like go is it where's your Rome is your your Rome stuck in customscom all your roads lead there
1: yeah stuckincustoms.com in customscom or Treyrackliff either one
0: yeah very cool man so what part, parting thoughts for people that are on the fence right now what are their next steps should they you know, should they come to stuckincustoms slash passport and still look at some look at some of the videos in there, or just Google what the heck is an NFT, or get on YouTube? Yeah. What's what's the next step?
1: Yeah, no, you can come sign up for the passport, and I'll I'll make more of these videos. I, by the way, I don't I, passport. Remember, this is not how I get rich or anything. This is not. I'm not going to make money by showing other people how to get rich. I'm not one no, of those guys, right, But I'm right. happy to share inside secrets for people that that really want to know, you know, that want to want to get into it because it will take a little bit of time. It's super fun. It's a little daunting, uh, but you'll be amazed how fast you can pick this stuff up. I mean, using a camera is not easy. Importing into Lightroom is not like we're all photographers are used to some pretty technical stuff. So this is technical, but it's just a different kind of technical. And I think people can figure it out. Um, and then I would also recommend another podcast from Kevin Rose called uh, Modern, Modern Finance, which is really good. And he has a couple episodes a week. And so one week you might talk about NFTs. Another one he might talk about decentralized finance. Um, and it's just part of educating yourself. You got to. You know, it's good to make it part of your, I try to, every morning I do my meditation, I have my coffee and then I just try to watch 30 minutes or an hour of a video or a podcast about something I know nothing about and just try try to learn. So if you just carve, listen, you're awake, what is it, 16 hours a day? Carve out 30 minutes to learn, learn something new. And believe me, the whole world is going to crypto. There's no doubt about it, right? Don't, don't bury your head in the sand. And also, here's another important thing. You're not too late. You might feel like, oh, it's too late. Everyone's into crypto. Everyone's getting rich off NFTs. And um, I'm, I'll never figure it out. It's too late anyway. I'm just going to go watch Netflix. Yep. Um, well, uh, it's not too late. Honestly, if you look at the world population, whatever it is, 8 billion people, like less than 1% of people even have crypto right now. I would say less than Five percent have even understand what crypto is. So basically, you have ninety-five percent of the earth; they don't they don't know what it is. But they all will be getting it at some point. I don't know if you remember this. Like twenty years ago, people were saying, "You know what? Someday everyone's going to have a smartphone." You are like, yeah. "No, that's impossible." Now everyone <laughs> yes. has a smartphone, and it's, it's all going to crypto because it's a much more efficient means of exchanging value. And it's, there's no governments involved. It's totally, uh, totally secure. Um, it's all going in that direction. So why not get to know it now? You're not too late. You're actually just by hearing this, you're way ahead of the game.
0: Love it. All right. We'll leave it right there. Trey Radcliffe, thank you for your time tonight Or. Today, what time is it there? Right, as we record this, it's seven thirty in California PM. What is
1: it there? It's two thirty post meridian on a cold winter's day. So I'll probably go out a little hike in the mountains after this.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, go 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 visit that glacier we uh, we landed on. You remember that?
1: I will. Well, it melted because Fred, you were so hot, you just melted the whole thing. <laughs> I can't help it. It goes with me. <laughs> You're you are the cause of global warming. You and your hotness.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's what I do. I bring the steam. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. You take care. I'll be. I'll, I'll definitely be in touch with questions on all this stuff. All right. See ya. Thanks, everybody. This is Twitter.